Alex Magleby here, CEO and co-founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, friends! Let's ride! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show, broadcasting from the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. What a win! That was a championship-style win away at the Austin Jabroni's house. Great win. Feels good to be good. We will be talking about that and more. Let's get right into the episode right now here at the Jacks Rangers show. Kick that MF and mule, baby! Woo! always better to do this show after a win and we've gotten quite a few of those so far this season let's talk about the sponsor for this episode which is episode 33 giant killers and that's exactly what the free jacks are this and every episode is brought to you by the jacks rangers store merchandise head on over to jacksrangers.com forward slash store and get your hands on some excellent jacks rangers show merchandise don't forget to review us we are now on itunes finally give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We are finally on that platform. So I can confidently say that the Jacks Ranger show is now on all of the major podcast platforms out there. So yeah, we would appreciate if you Rangers out there would uh, do us a kindness of giving us a five-star review and tell someone you know about the Jacks Ranger show. Okay, guys, the lineup this episode is going to be as follows. First, we're going to have our interview with Tammy McQueen, who you may remember worked for the Free Jacks last year at our home games she is now working for rugby atl she lives in atlanta so you know a lot a lot better of a commute for her, tammy and we wish her the best of luck down there in atlanta after that we got bozo six rapid reactions and picks and then finally we'll have our outriders the review of the jabronis game and of course the preview of the atlanta game then we'll get you out of here after closing up shop i appreciate you listening to the jacks ranger show now let's get right into the tammy mcqueen interview you huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks rangers show i am joined by a very special guest this time around tammy mcqueen you guys might recognize the name or recognize the face she was with the free jacks organization last year tammy how the heck are you Hi. Oh my gosh. It is so wonderful to be here. And what a pleasure. It feels like such a special uh, episode that you welcome me to. So thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, it's always exciting to have you back on the show here. This is your second appearance on the Jacks Rangers show. Let's get right into it. Uh, for the Rangers out there that may have missed your previous appearance on the show, give us a rundown of your personal and rugby background, please. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm born and raised in South Africa. So you pretty much leave the hospital in a Springboks jersey. Right. <laughs> um, and that qualifies you automatically to be the mega rugby fan. Yep. Um, had some incredible experiences watching rugby live in South Africa. I grew up a Sharks fan as well. As you know, Terum Tambu yes. captained the Sharks for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a great ad um, in 2021 that it was wonderful to see and followed along pretty much my entire life growing up mm-hmm. and then um, have just been a spectator moving to the U.S. and have done so 
um, avidly over the, the past several years. Mm -hmm. And then I joined the Free Jacks family in 2019 mm -hmm. and had the opportunity to work with staff and um, the coaching uh, back office as well to bring the Free Jacks to, to life. Yes, uh, for the folks that may remember, of course, you were uh, one of the mic people that uh, were on the mic uh, during the Free Jacks home games there at Fort uh, Union Point. Um, yeah, obviously, you worked with the Free Jacks last year. What was your impression of the first full season in New England? Oh, my gosh. You talk about grit and just putting everything to heart and to work. And yep. that's what the Free Jacks did, no matter what. I think having the season canceled two days before the first home match in 2020 was absolutely heartbreaking. Yes. The team really put their heads down and worked so hard and relentlessly to bring that incredible experience in 2021. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see how the fans stuck with the team, right. stuck yeah. with the brand and, and just became stronger fans, mm -hmm. which was incredible to watch. So when everyone did come together, in 2021 it was pure magic yeah. it was an electrifying magic on the field mm -hmm. which you don't often find and it was so special to be a part of absolutely couldn't agree more it was fantastic to finally get all of us together last season and kind of build this thing up from the ground up obviously uh, on the pitch was pretty good rugby of course now the team is evolving this year but the fan base is also evolving it's getting stronger there's more people involved in you know the outside organizations and stuff like that the first regiment is growing this show is growing as well we're getting a lot more viewership and stuff like that so it's I awesome. saw that yeah, you yeah, hit yeah. a big milestone <laughs> recently congratulations yes. thank you very much I That's appreciate really that. hard to to do it so well done thank you uh what is your favorite memory of being a part of the free jacks organization overall oh gosh i have so many favorite memories but truly the fans and i found such a home with boston women's rugby club yes and the women are truly have become some of my closest friends we met um at um I'm trying to think, uh, patios. We met at patios mm -hmm. when we hosted Nate Ebner and um, yes. um, and Pat. Yes, when Patrick they were, Chung. Yep. Um, yeah, Patrick Chung, when they were joining the team and we did mm -hmm. a media day and I hosted that. And after we had a couple beers and I saw a couple women in the, in the pub and they had a rugby ball. And they were doing these little lineouts and just having fun with it. I was like, oh, hold on. <laughs> I want to be part of this. Right. And they lifted me up in this lineout. I have zero, I have never played rugby in my life. Just mm -hmm. very clear. I'm a great spectator and a fantastic fan. Right. I'm not a rugby player. Yeah. And so from that moment, I think we became the strongest, closest friends. And that has been absolutely amazing. We've tailgated together. They've come down to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I've spent many nights in their homes, had many jello shots and drunk many, many Baxter beers with them. Perfect. And it was incredible. So that has truly been a favorite memory and continues to live on. I mean, I visit with them often, will continue to the season as well. So perfect. That, that's a huge, the fans in general, just being able to hop into the stands, say hi to everyone. And yep. the fans are just magic. 
I agree 1000%. What's so great about this organization is the fan base is so strong and friendly and, you know, and accepting. Uh, it's just, it's been fantastic to be a part of this. Oh, um, yeah. And kudos to you for leading so much of it. I think you highlight everyone else, but really big shout out to you and what you're doing with Jack's Rangers and being a force and being a front runner and organizing things. It's, it's hard to do. So we really appreciate it. I think just MLR in general appreciates the, the fan clubs and what you're doing. So I thank appreciate you. that. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun at the same time. So we you know we try to throw in the fun part, obviously. Um, yeah. What led you up to joining up with Rugby ATL? So I mean, obviously, for the folks that don't know, you were commuting from Atlanta to the Boston area for the games, which is awesome. Uh, but uh, now you're with the Rugby ATL organization. Talk about that. Yes. So I joined the Free Jacks. Um, with a dear friend of mine I've known for many, many years, Paul Hergen, who um, is on the ownership of the Free Jacks. Um, and he's been an incredible, um, I think, colleague, you could say, but work acquaintance. And mm -hmm. we've known each other for many, many years. And um, he reached out after the Atlanta purchase, uh, the Atlanta sale, and, you know, had said to me, hey, what what would it take to get you to Atlanta or would you consider Atlanta being at home? Right. And oh, what a terrible decision to make. <laughs> right. It was horrific. It, I, I think I called Paul probably 17 times is a low estimate. Mm -hmm. And Mags, I think I spoke to him on the phone at least 10 times, weighing this up, figuring out what to do. Um, so it was really hard to leave the Free Jacks, right. really hard. But on the flip side, it was the easiest decision to be at home in Atlanta. Right. Yep. Um, and so it, it was challenging, but I know for the city and as the champion for the city, it's the right move. And, you know, for MLR, you know, rising tides lift all boats. So. Mm -hmm. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's awesome that you're able to, you know, stay in your hometown and still be a part of the rugby uh, organization, yeah. the professional organization in the United States. So that's very cool. Uh, one thing is that rugby ATL has the first female president in league history. What is yeah. it like working with Amanda Windsor White? Amanda is a force in every <laughs> possible aspect you know, she came in just as the season was starting and, uh, you know, took, took a right, you know, I'm trying to find the metaphor to really describe how she just dived straight in, mm -hmm. um, acclimated very quickly with the team operations and got the boys playing. Yeah. So um, she's a force. I have the utmost respect for her as a professional and as an individual. Um, she knows sports incredibly well. She's worked with some of the most impressive organizations in the world as well. Um, coming from Coca-Cola really gives a strong um, corporate brand background and no other company in the world has a more recognizable brand than Coca-Cola. So really impressed there. And then, of course, her motorsports background brings the idea of a unique sport um, an understanding of a sport that's not necessarily mainstream. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, she's incredible. Um, she brings a lot of empathy to the to the organization. Um, hard charging, no nonsense, incredibly um, vision visionary, and, and um, yeah, has a strong vision for the organization and excited. That's awesome. Yeah, good for uh, rugby ATL. Um, and, you know, one of those cool things about being in Atlanta, I'm sure, you know, Coca-Cola is one of the largest corporations in the world. Obviously, as you're saying, their brand is most recognizable and they're right there in Atlanta. So I guess there's some synergy between the club or there could be in the future with uh, Rugby ATL. So that's, uh, yeah, that's Coke encouraging. Zero. Coke Zero is a sponsor. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what is the identity of the Rugby ATL team this year? Who is this team exactly? Yeah, you know, it's such a great question. And they are truly a bunch of hard work working fellows that mm-hmm. um, hold each other accountable um, yeah. on the field, off the field, get to work every single day um, and leave absolutely everything out there mm-hmm. on the pitch when it's game day yeah. and during practice. I know that you haven't played, but I know that you've watched a lot of rugby over the years. So I'm going to test your a lot tactical. of rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's <laughs> talk about Atlanta as a team. What do you think they do well, and what do they need to improve to beat the Free Jacks? Um. Yeah. You know, I think they are um, a really strong team when it comes to grit. Um, in terms of um, how they play, coming out strong in the first half and then being able to carry that through in the second as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think really um, getting better on the attack is something that um, we'll be looking forward to next week as well. They play DC tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that we've already played DC at home. We took home the win there. Yes. Um, but it'll be interesting being on the road again as well, and hopefully not frigid conditions. <laughs> right, um, yeah. So yeah, I think just getting stronger on the attack as well and then staying um, with a foot on the gas throughout the first and the second half. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Obviously, you saw the Free Jacks up close and personal last year. This team has kind of evolved. They're a better team than last year overall. I'm talking about the Free Jacks, of course. Uh, what concerns you about the Free Jacks on the pitch against your Atlanta team? Yeah, I mean, this is a there's a few OGs uh, still on the team, yep. um, of course, that um, are playing really, really well. I mean, Josh Larson, Dougie mm-hmm. Fife, Mitch Wilson's having mm-hmm. a great season. He sure is. Um, yeah. Am I missing Bodine Waka? Oh, yeah. Don't um, forget about him. <laughs> is he the man of the moment right now? Uh, he's the best player in the league. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then some new fellas. Looks like you've got some more South Africans um, yes. and a, quite a new team that I'm not familiar with. But um, I think the defensive line is incredibly spot. Yeah. Um, which is impressive to see. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be exciting when they've had a thriller of a season. Let me ask you this, because, you know, obviously you're a part of the Atlanta organization now. You've seen them up close and personal this year so far. Who is uh, the danger man for Atlanta? Who should the Rangers out there, the Free Jacks fans, be aware of on Atlanta's team? Oh, gosh. I mean, we have a lot of South Africans on the team. Mm -hmm. I think there's... Over, yeah, there's definitely over 10 South Africans on the team. Um, so I definitely say that. And then we have a trio of Irish lads as well. Oh, good. So got quite a bit there. I'm not sure if I can. Oh, let's see. 
I'm gonna throw out a South African name, Tion okay. Strauss Erasmus. Okay, that's that's quite the name. It's quite a name. <laughs> Listen, let me just tell you, Phil. I think that they really keep me on to help the PA with the pronunciation of all the South African names. I think that's what it is. Well, you've got that knowledge. You know, you got that firsthand knowledge of the names down there. So that for must sure, be it. yeah, that must be it. Uh, what? Who has the best hair on Atlanta? Oh my gosh, I've got to tell you this. I like had to make some notes about this, but Jason Dam and John Sullivan, I become so insecure around them. Their <laughs> hair is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's beautiful long manes. Yep. And then Connor Cook, long hair. Like, I think we're going for the long hair instead of the Melissa season. Okay. And it is perfection. Yep. What's interesting about throwing out Jason Dam's name is he and I went to rival rugby universities. So yeah, really? had, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went to uh, at Clemson, which is in upstate South Carolina. And, and I that's where Josh was coaching. That's right. Yes, yes. And I went to South Carolina, which is the, their biggest rival, most big, biggest and hatest uh, rival. So oh my yeah, gosh. It's, it's interesting. did you play each other? Were you? No, I never played him. Otherwise, I'd be in 100 pieces because he would have tackled me and do oblivion. But uh, yeah, I, no, we never played together. I, he's a bit uh, younger than I am. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we played. Wow, that's a great universes. story. How about that? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about for the final question here. What is your overall score prediction for the game? And why do you think it's going to turn out that way? <sighs> <laughs> this is such a tough match for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so looking forward to it, but it's like, oh, what on earth? Obviously, Atlanta, I want them to win, but I have such a soft spot in my heart for the Free Jacks. Right. So it's going to be a tight one. It's going to be really close and it's going to be really hard. So is it going to be a tie, do... Tammy? Is it gonna, are they going to draw? No, I don't think it's going to be a draw. No way. You think these teams will let a draw pass them? No way. I, I know that you like both, right? And you have history with both. I just figured oh, that it would be an easy you know way what? for you to say yeah, just a tie, right? I, I have a history, but I'm pulling for Atlanta for a double. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have fair to. Enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all in. Sure, um, sure. Oh, shoot. So here's my prediction. I'm either thinking it's going to be high, relatively high scoring, like 20s okay. or so. Or it's going to be like 8-7. Oh. I'm thinking 21-17 or like 8-7. Okay, fair enough. I will tell my score prediction in a later segment here. So uh, I, I'm not going to share mine. But, of course, I believe the Free Jacks will win. That, that's my that's my. You have that to. I, yes, that of is, course. That is your job as yes. you are carrying the light of the fans. <laughs> exactly. So I would never pick against my Free Jacks. So that'll be the, the non-spoiler right there. I, I, will never, I know. Yeah, I know. exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about a one word association here. This is the last thing. That we oh do my on gosh. The show. And if you recall, you did this shocked, last don't time. <laughs> so we've got a couple of words here for you. Some of them are two words, but the first thing that pops in your mind, one word, I want you to throw it back at me. Okay. Okay. I'm going to be ready. All right. South Africa. Springboks. Ollie Engelhart, your buddy from the New England organization. Champion. I agree. Uh, New England. Free Jacks. Rattlers. ATL. <laughs> Woodgy, your old pal. Oh, Woodgy mascot. Yes. And finally, Atlanta. Home. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Well, that'll about do it, Tammy. I appreciate your time very much. Thank you for coming on here. We say one word, and since you were part of the Free Jacks organization last year, I know you know what it is, and you can say it too in three, two, 
one huzzah, huzzah. Woo! <laughs> huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks rangers show i'm joined as always by my brother chris lind also aka bozo bozo how the hell are you doing well wrapped up we're finally done mlr round seven hell yeah i'm here baby let's go perfect let's get right into rapid reactions let me see if i can share my screen here so everybody can see what's going on there we go so i'll let you take it away for round seven results for rapid reactions all right so i want to start off i guess we can start off with the cali cup uh los Angeles guillotini's 26 san diego legion 13 mm -hmm. um oh there was one a couple ones below that but either way uh, that was a good game. I only watched the first about 15 minutes. It was pretty scrappy, pretty physical. Um, but my general impression of that was LA just never lost control and LA might mm. be back. They're still uh, suffering heavily from injuries, but they might be back. They, they turned in a great performance at home against San Diego. I'm sorry to hear that because I was ready to bury them in the dirt. I'm so sick of yeah, that team. Yeah, their coach, their coach in his comments afterwards, I caught him. He was like, they, they were treating it as a grand final, he said. Wow. They also recognized that if they had been put to the sword by the Legion, that they would have been uh, tough to fight back in the season. So LA might be back. Watch out for Los Angeles. All right. Utah Warriors and Toronto Arrows. So this one, I watched the full match, uh, a blustery day. <laughs> like hellacious winds out there in Utah and Harriman. Yeah. Harriman. Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. I think so. Either way, blustery day, difficult conditions for both teams. Like Sam Malcolm is an amazing kicker. He is the <laughs> 10 for the arrows and man, some of those kicks that he was putting to touch, it looked like it was you or me out there, Phil. It was brutal <laughs> him fighting that wind. So I can only imagine that if it was actually me or you, yeah, they would have gone backwards. Uh, uh, so Late in the match, I can't remember what the timestamp was. I got to get better at my homework. But Toronto was up by two tries, and Utah stormed, stormed back, and then was fighting them on the line, and Toronto barely survived. Um, Toronto pretty much just got, got by with the disciplined, measured approach, mm -hmm. outstripped the flair of Utah. I don't, want, I don't want to blame it on the wind, but the Bozo got this one wrong. I was picking Utah at home, and, and they in the battle of number fives, the East number five has prevailed. Over I think a West. lot of people would have assumed that Utah would have won that home game, but uh, good on the arrows for, you know, staying, keeping their season alive here. And then we got uh, Nola gold and rugby, New York. Yeah. This one made me big time sad. Uh, I think the <laughs> score was a little bit closer than the match. New York basically pummeled them at home. I believe still winless at the gold mine is Nola gold. Uh, yeah. Right. Yikes. <laughs> not good. Yikes. Not good. To, hey, to harken back to your episode, uh, previous episode, Road Warriors, that's pretty mm. much the Nola Gold right now. They refused <laughs> to win at home. Right. <laughs> they refused to cash into the gold mine, and, and they got beat beat pretty handily by New York. New York never out of control, winning the physical battle. Uh, they had a great champagne rugby try. Um, I forget who scored it, but it was pretty much a almost a, I don't know, it was one of those three-quarter field types where a couple went through a couple pairs of hands. It was a great win for New York, unfortunately. I'm sorry, excuse me, correction. Great win for Hoboken. Mm, yes, or, or at the very least, uh, New Jersey, uh, if you yeah, will. Yeah, the Dirt Peckers yes. come away from the gold mine with a dub. I was really sad to see that, but it also makes me happy because, again, that means NOLA still isn't that good. They're not fighting back into their season. And, again, we're all about that top three, but right now we're sitting in the driver's seat. We'll get to that later. 
Yeah, Nola Gold, Fool's Gold this year. Um, and then we've got Dallas Jackals, 12 and 34 to Seattle Seawolves. Would you make yeah, this can I make a, Yeah, in, a quick interjection here. MLR, get better at your website. The away team goes first, left to right, not the other way around. Confuses right. the heck out of me, man. Yep. But yeah, the, <laughs> the woes continue for the Dallas Jackals. Not even close. I mean, Seattle Seawolves, oh, and three in their previous three coming into this, you thought they'd be a little bit wounded, but luckily for them, they had a, a practice game against the Dallas Jackals <laughs> or Dallas, man. I'm looking forward. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I did look at the schedule, the remaining schedule for Dallas and DC going forward uh, until they play each other. And they're actually all, both teams are playing pretty good teams until they play each other. So I'm looking forward to that wooden spoon match and somebody's, Oh, got to go. I think it's like April 26th or something coming up in about a month here. Pretty wooden excited. Spo- uh, wooden spoon bowl. Can't wait to watch that one. And you know, three yeah. former free Jacks on Dallas, by the way, that's pretty yeah, so it'll be exciting. Yeah. yeah. It'd be intriguing for us to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we'll skip our, our matches. Always the free Jacks go last. And, uh, just wrapping up just before filming this was old glory DC mm-hmm. our uh, red, white, and blue brothers down there against uh, rugby ATL. Mm-hmm. Um, it was close at the half kind of, uh, and, but close by scoreline only. I mean, ATL really strangling DC all over them in defense. Like DC had pretty much no continuity at all going forward. Uh, 10 to three going into the sheds final was 27, 13, uh, old glory did have a pretty ripper of a try to get to 13. It was, <laughs> it was pretty sick. I actually enjoyed watching it. It was fun, but I mean, Atlanta were never in danger. So good warm up match for the free jacks for them. Unfortunately, yeah. it would have been nice. I, I obviously I picked Atlanta. There's no way I'm picking no points on the table DC, but my God, if they had upset them, that would have been pretty awesome. I agree. That would have been great. It would have helped us out quite a bit. And um, obviously the last game of round seven that we're considering the last game is the Austin Jabronis against our new England free Jacks 17 to 25. What did you make of that one? Hey, listen, just super proud of the shift put in by the boys. I know that, you know, obviously you and Dave will, will go over this at length. Mm -hmm. So suffice to say, I'll just share a quick little tidbit. Um, there were individuals that played most of, if not all of the match that we were hanging out with at patios at the watch party for (laughs) the season kickoff. When we went down to the gold mine and beat Nola and those guys have fought their way into the starting lineup. Some of them Mm -hmm. into, Mm -hmm. into the team. Uh, some of them are fighting injury, but it just shows the depth on this team and the character of these players, super Mm -hmm. proud of them to go out there and show out like that. Um, Yeah. That, that's all I got to say about that one. A nice dub for us. And Scott Matthew, you genius. Yeah, genius. absolute bloody genius, that man. So glad we have him on board here. Let's move over to round eight. Um, let's see here. Okay. Yep. So um, I'll let you take over here. Any, um, you know, fortune telling that took place, uh, any magical casting, anything like that happened before getting these picks? So, you know, it's getting more complicated to set these things up. I'm running out of ideas, but okay. I lit a bunch of candles, put them <laughs> in a specific alignment. Perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then I channeled it, uh, got the Ouija board. It's, it's coming in via Amazon for next week. Nice. So yeah, just did the candle thing. A little, little bit of incense burning, nothing wild for this, for these predictions. I was three and three in round seven. 
uh, hoping hoping for better in round eight. But I'll take I'll take five hundred. I'll take and the free jacks one, so really doesn't even matter the rest of my record. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's all about the free jacks here, obviously, as the uh, fan show for the free jacks. Hell yeah. Yeah, so here we go. We got Old Glory DC hosting the NOLA Gold. As previously alluded to, NOLA's great on the road, and DC doesn't have any points on the table. Mm -hmm. So look for NOLA to win. However, I expect this one to be extremely scrappy because these are really scrappy sides. The both of them love to play right out. They they love to get out on the edge of the referee's whistle there. Uh, Expect to see a couple of cards in this one too. That's what I'm expecting from them. And then um, as we go on, we got the Seattle Seawolves hosting the Los Angeles Gilweenies. <laughs> I hate to say it, man, but look for the Giltinis to keep winning. I think that they're battling Yikes. back into their season and they're going to be making some noise out in the, in the, oh, well, we'll keep it PG in the week blank West. You can fill in the blank as, as, Perfect. as they say. Uh, so, but the week West look for the Giltinis to take down the Seawolves at home. I don't, I think that home field advantage is, is no longer a thing. And then we got the Utah Warriors again at home, this time hosting the Houston Sabercats. I don't know. This one's a coin flip to me, Phil. Um, but I'm going to take the Sabercats because, I don't know, Utah just plays too much open flare game. Uh, it didn't really suit them well in Toronto when they put it to, against Toronto. Sorry, not in Toronto. Um, but when they put it together, it was, it's good for them, but I just see Houston being the better overall side and, and taking the win in Utah. And then Toronto Arrows, Phil, strap it in. If you notice a theme here, yep. I'm going to constantly pick against Hoboken. Love that. For no other reason just to pick against them. Um, I'm looking for the Arrows to go in to Hoboken and steal one off of the semifinalists. Awesome. Love to hear that. I think that. it's going to be 15-14. They're going to kick a penalty. Sam Malcolm, it's going to be a deep one past Pat. It'll be between the 10 and the 50 and he will crush one to break the semifinalist heart. Scott Ferrara will have to go get, <laughs> go to the doctor's office afterwards to check his heart on this one. Cause he's going to be crushed. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would love to see it. It's music to my ears. We'll see what happens. You know, um, New Jersey is tough at home. You know, we had to, that was a great game down there, and I can't wait to go back down there on April the 24th to see our Free Jacks against the Hoboken semifinalists, the world-famous semifinalists. Yes, All right. I heard the first regiment's getting another block of tickets down there for us, yeah. so that should be a good time. Looking into it for sure, yeah. Uh, so on March the 26th at 3 p.m., uh, take it away for our final match of the, uh, the week. Yeah, so we have our New England Free Jacks traveling down to the Snake Pit as they call it down there, Silverbacks Park in mm-hmm. Atlanta to take on Rugby ATL. Now, those listeners of the show will know that the last time these two sides played in Quincy, I picked the Rattlers. Yeah, uh, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. What a bozo pick that ended up being. Um, <laughs> but, but Phil, unfortunately, I, I think I'm going to have to take them again, man. They what? look really sharp tonight. Oh, I'm just my kidding. God. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Got him. Got, got him. Yeah, hey, got me. I still think that hey, they are a very good team. They are yeah. a very, very good team. And this will, hey, this is going to determine who who are the top dogs in the East. Who is the beast of the East? Yeah. I think it's our New England Free Jacks. I think we play just as good defense as they do. Um, and so this one's going to be a tight one. 
it ain't going to be no free jacks by foe. I think we're talking about, I'm looking at, I think it's going to be 21, 20 free jacks. Okay. Atlanta is going to be knocking on the door, looking for a penalty about five meters out and, or looking for the try. But Bodine Walk is going to intercept it and go oh. the distance, offload to Dougie Fife. They're going to dot down underneath the post. It's going to be 28 to 20, and we're going to pip them and take the bonus point away from them. How we Woo. doing? Love it. That's Love a hot it. Love pick it. right there. Yeah, and then Hell we still yeah, – so That's all I got. Yeah, Those we, are my picks. That's fantastic. Let me just recap here. So you've got NOLA over D.C., New England that's over right. Atlanta, L.A. over mm-hmm. Seattle, Houston that over Utah, and mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey – over Toronto. Got all that Negative. correct? Toronto beating the semifinals. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to put this into my bookie and hopefully things go out pretty well <laughs> as we shake. We're storming right out. along here, Phil. We are Absolutely. storming right along here. Killed it. Yeah. Yes, so um, any th- closing thoughts here for round number eight? No, man, just super excited for free jacks again, but we're one week closer to them coming back to, to Quincy. Again, super proud of all those guys that, that, that put in a shift. What are the depth of this team? You know, it, it, it was just a great, it was a great, and it was a fun match to watch. And um, I did forget to mention this earlier, but we had talked about it in a previous show. Like they just needed to be ruthless and close the door on people mm-hmm. and not allow those bonus point tries. Obviously it doesn't matter for the jabronis. They're at West. We don't care about their bonus points. Right. But to, just to, to take that one off the, the top team in the league was right. a great moment. And and seeing Holden Younger bring back the facial hair, brother. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. But um, to see him like in their face and like just getting <laughs> under their skin, oh, it was good stuff. It sure so, was. Can't man. wait for this week, man. Yeah, it should be a good time. You know, super excited. Maybe we'll be able to go to a, a watch along party this weekend. Who knows? We'll uh, we'll see if it's in the cards. But uh, yeah, super excited about round number eight, man. We're we're really into this thing at this point. So um, yeah, that's all I got for you. So in three, two. One huzzah, huzzah, woo, huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined this time around by my buddy Chris Lynn, Bozo Six. Dave, unfortunately, is under the weather, but uh, Bozo, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm happy to be here. When when Dave can't play, I'm a good off the bench player. So that's true. I got my, I got, I've got them all warmed up. I'm ready to go. You're the uh, the sixth man, right? And like in basketball, you just come in when you need to get those points, you know, hit those threes. Exactly. Yeah. Impact player, man. Impact sub. Amen. All right. So, I mean, I'm sure you're excited. It feels good to be good, right? I mean, we beat Austin down there in Austin when a lot of people were not predicting this team to actually win that game. So super exciting there. I did want to start out with Ranger John. He's back at it again in terms of emailing us. He's got some stats that were kind of interesting. So I wanted to run those by you, Bozo. So it says, basically, he was looking at combined records of our opponents, okay? So not as sophisticated as strength of schedule models, which take into account opponents' win-loss and also opponents' opponents' win-loss. He says that our, for the Free Jacks' uh, opponents' records are 18 and 19. ATL's opponents are 15 and 22, and he added in Old Glory DC twice as, since they've played them twice for those numbers. And New Jersey's opponents are an even 19 and 19 um, with their win-loss record. So that's kind of interesting. He said, obviously, more wins. The more wins each of us have, the worse our opponent's record becomes. But a good week to compare, in his opinion, as we are all five and five right now. So if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, there's three teams that are five and five, which is ourselves, Atlanta, and New Jersey. So his first 
observation here is both ATL and New Jersey have us on the schedule two times between now and the end of the regular season. Big chance for all three to make a statement and move position, which he's absolutely right about there. And the second observation is ATL plays Hoboken one more time. Either way, it will help us against the loser or maybe a draw with no bonus points would be the optimal outcome. And the final observation that he emailed to us about here is ATL has played Old Glory DC twice. Wouldn't have that to help them later in the season. So we still have one match with them, but the Dirt Peckers still have them twice, referring to Old Glory DC. So that's kind of interesting to think about. The bottom dwellers are factored in here, not in like they're in the playoff hunt, but if both, if all of us beat them twice, or maybe somebody slips up, it could kind of, you know, make it a little bit different with the standings there. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. It, it is a really good insight. I, I love looking into stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I tend to not though, because then you can get into the, into the weeds too much. Right. The I what like ifs. to look at. Yeah. 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 Well, not so much the what ifs, but it's like, I like to look at the common opponents. Right. And so, yeah, DC. So the, the unfortunate thing is, is with the way the league and the, and the table is structured, you are rewarded for winning and you're rewarded for scoring four or more tries. Mm-hmm. So that puts the pressure on to really beat down the bottom dwellers. Um, but as opposed to like, you know, Atlanta playing more losing teams, I don't really see it that way um, because I look at their, our common opponent in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. And they barely lost to Hoboken. We beat Hoboken pretty good at their house. Hoboken beat them at their house. So, yeah. you know, it's it, you know, it's kind of setting the stage for a strange three-way tie is possible. You know, if Atlanta yeah. downs us this week, it creates a weird situation. Um, you can just get into a lot of weird um, scenarios of just trying to predict the, the math. Maybe New Jersey matches up with them better. And they're they're a better matchup stylistically. Um, maybe, who knows? Maybe we go down there and blow the brakes off of them. Um, either way, it, it's definitely cool to look at. It gets you excited, right? It gets us talking about it. So absolutely, yeah. I thought that was a really cool stat to pull, but also not surprising that our you know our aggregate is our losing teams. We're the better team. So yeah, yeah we're we're handing a lot of these teams are lost, and we have a lot of common opponents because we're both in the East. That's true. So. DC, one of their losses is us, and two of them is Atlanta. So that's three of their losses right there. Right. And we're pretty good clubs, even though DC really just isn't that good. So, yeah. Unfortunately for those DC fans out there, we, we feel for you, John, at Rugby Morning. Hang in there, buddy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that OG DC guy that would not stop chanting in the stands at Fort <laughs> Union Point last year. I wonder if he's still going strong down there. And if he is, kudos to him. Buy yeah. that man a beer. He's about to jump off a bridge somewhere, unfortunately. Hang in there, buddy. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about the Austin review. Um, So Austin, 17, Free Jacks, 25. So what I wrote down here is in my key to the game, I said that the Jacks needed to punch Austin in the mouth early and slow them down. Thankfully, the Jacks did just that with Dougie Fife the third, or excuse me, Douglas Fife the third, Douglas Fife the third, getting his long anticipated first try of the season, set up a gain line busting Wayne Vanderbank con- uh, situation there. So um, conversion by John Poland, no good unfortunately. But the little magician John Poland quickly redeemed himself off the tee with a successful penalty kick, and that was eight to zero. Twelve minutes in, the punch to the mouth landed Bozo. What was your takeaway from our first two points on the board there? 
Yeah, I was super, super excited. Um, you know, when the team was announced on social media, yep. it got shared quickly through the first regiment on your page mm -hmm. and the fans, you know, the diehard, the Rangers out there, people in the first regiment were concerned, man. They're optimistically concerned yep. because it was quite concerning, right? Because Austin is, is a, the only way we see Austin again is if we play them in the final, that's it after this game, win or lose right before mm -hmm. the game. And so you see that normally our finishers are now starters right and the starters are now finishers and so an interesting strategy uh by coach matthew but i i put it out there uh you can go find my comment my comment was like don't expend all of your ammo this one i'm not saying that you purposely lose a game that's not what right. i'm saying but what i'm yep. saying is 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 it really risk is it worth the risk of hurting impacts starters on the on the starting 15 for a game that it's it's not meaningless it, it has meaning but again we talked about this a lot too it's all about being in those top three it's not as important as this week's game against atl and so it was also an interesting strategy of like you were saying your key to the game get out there and punch them in the mouth yep. i mean knowing the finishers knowing that that they've got their their starters you know mm -hmm. to finish the game yep I don't know. It adds a different, they, they, they had a chip on their shoulder, man. They were playing like somebody stole their lunch. They're <laughs> out there. Every single one of them, uh, yep. you know, between the Eagle Cam Davidowitz, they were all out there playing like absolute men on fire. For sure. And I think that they, they job done, job done, very well done. And I was very excited. So it was awesome. Yeah. Those first two I, scores were great. When I first saw the lineup, I was kind of feeling like you were, and a lot of people were, were like, where there was some, skepticism and like what are we doing here but it, it does make sense and i think dave, dave talked about this as well in the comments and stuff like that is that you know these guys have put in long shifts and they've been tackling like absolute monsters out there for the first several games so some people just needed a little bit of a rest and you know coming in in the second half as opposed to starting the whole game um and you and you have to play a little bit of strategy here i mean it's a long road trip to austin austin's the best team in the west they're the most attacking the most defensive best teams in the league combined into one team so it's not a situation where as you were saying you, there's no point in trying to lose a game before you even play it with your lineup but i think coach matthew believes in this depth so well on this team that he felt okay with putting these guys that normally would be finishers as starters and letting our you know starters you know rest a little bit on the bench or some of them didn't even make the trip down i know harry barlow our buddy um the wheelbarrow was in new hampshire in our neck of the woods shooting uh, semi-automatic rifles uh on his uh on saturday when he when he normally would be at the game so harry get at me man what what i wasn't i was in he, the shire you should have hit me up he was at the manchester I like automatic rifles yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But hey, that's why they—that's why Scott Matthew is the giant killer and that's the head right. coach of the Free Jacks, yep. and we're just fan commentators. Sure, because absolutely. he knows these things. He's playing 3D chess out there, man, and we're—we're we're just in there checkers. We get to go along for the ride, so to speak, and enjoy absolutely. enjoy ourselves. We don't have to stress it, but very great, great call. And, and when it works, it works, and it's beautiful, and he looks like a genius. You know, it has—it hasn't hurt him uh, yet. Uh, you know, with this this strategy, and hopefully, we can continue it in the future because squad a squad rotation is extremely important throughout a long season that where rugby is so physical in the body. But let's get back to the um, the information here from the game, the review. Yeah. Um, the Jeronis responded 20 minutes in with Mark O'Keefe dotting down a try that was deflected right into his hands. So the luck of the Irish a little bit there. Um, yeah. So eight to seven. 
um, 20 minutes in. An offsides call leads to a yellow card for the Dronies at 22 minutes in. John Poland got more penalty kicking experience with a successful kick this time around as well, uh, 11 to 7. Austin is down to 14 men for 10 minutes at that point. And then what mm-hmm. also happened is um, Austin is back on the naughty list once again at 27 minutes in, another yellow card, now being down to 13 men. At this point, I'm thinking that it's time to show no, no mercy. What about you, Bozo? Yeah, so first of all, I just want to say uh, I, I caught a lot of the, the rugby throughout the weekend, and I'm starting to see large disparities between the referees. We were very fortunate to have a man in the middle that was no nonsense. Mm-hmm. He, you know, some cynical stuff from Austin slowing us down and really affecting the game. And he, he rightly penalized them for it and made them pay. Not crazy. You know, you're not getting a red card, but you're going to the bin for 10 minutes. And so, yeah, I was super fired up that we had, you know, that we had the man on advantage and, and we were pressing forward and we were playing very open too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that we switched styles necessarily. I think we play that way normally, but mm-hmm. it was a lot better than last week's conditions, uh, to yes, say the least. For sure. I mean, there was a lot of running rugby. We looked good running with the ball in hand too, with a, a bit of space. It was, it was like, we looked threatening, which um, didn't happen the week prior. Of course, obviously the conditions had a lot to do with that, but oh, man, yeah. it's, it's so great to see the, the Jacks out there running with the ball, a ball in hand. So um, let's yeah. jump back to the highlights here. The Jacks had Austin on the ropes, but let them escape in frustrating fashion, basically for several minutes. You know, we had opportunity after opportunity. There was ineffectiveness throughout the game game coming from in the form of the line out that looked toothless and off target in Austin. That is definitely something that they're going to have to correct on the practice pitch there. But uh, finally, Wayne Vanderbank lit a spark with 32 minutes in by stripping the ball that allowed LaRue Milan, your boy to offload to to Mac uh, impersonating a man in the form of uh, Paula uh, Bellincana. Um, who is back in the lineup. He rumbled through for a try. It was a full seven points there. So it was 18 to seven at that point. Uh, You want to talk about LaRue real quick? I know that's your boy. Yeah. So he was everywhere. So originally the Bozo predicted to be the leading score, but uh, he's going to be, I think he might be the leading assist man or something, but he's making it work through the midfield. His, his defensive work is solid um, and attacking man he really put he he put austin under the pump yes. so they say in rugby and he he was he was getting after it he was everywhere even the commentators they were like oh, yeah. the man from namibia <laughs> i forget what they they said something it was in the lead up to one of our tries uh, basically he was on the fringe involved in all of our tries yes and the importance of what um, Milan was was creating was he was creating line breaks and he was putting the defense under pressure and then they mm-hmm. couldn't organize and that was creating that was setting the conditions for us to score the tries which we finished and that was great to see you know always hate to see great great conditions set and then you knock it on or or something or a crazy try saving tackle so yeah man very impressed with his performance and that's one of the guys that's been starting in the lineup he's kind of might be an early contender for iron man he's played a lot of minutes i haven't seen him subbed out a lot and um yeah He's been a great acquisition. You know, we talked about this last week with Slade um, McDowell coming in here and just having a a tremendous year so far. But another one of these um, new acquisitions is uh, LaRue 
LaRue Milan, who's done a fantastic job as well. Uh, back over here to the review, a great open field tackle and poach of the ball by Boyle, who made up for a dazed and confused moment with him and the ball earlier in the game, which uh, stopped a threatening Austin attack right before the half. Halftime whistle left us with a score of 18 to 7. What were your overall thoughts of the entire first half, Bozo? Yeah, it was just quite simply job done. Um, mm. I fully expected to see subs at halftime or subs very early in the second half, but I was feeling good not to just be in the lead, but in the lead by more than one score. Like I thought it was if we were going to have the lead in the sheds, that it was going to be a lot tighter than it was. So right. to have an 11, 11 point buffer, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To have it, to have an 11 point buffer going into the sheds, um, was excellent. And I was feeling super confident that we might even really turn it up on them. That wasn't to be in the second half. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but, but yeah, I was super confident and very happy job done. Yeah. Super encouraging, uh, score at halftime there. I was just kind of, I was really enjoying watching the game. This is one of those games. If you were a neutral, um, didn't care for either team, whatever, it was a great game to watch. You know, um, I think at halftime and beyond that, it really became um, an edge of your seat type of situation. But, you know, for those neutrals, I'm sure they were enjoying the first half of that game. I just felt like I can't believe this is happening. Like, you know, I had some skepticism. I'm not going to lie about the starting lineup and that sort of thing. But to see all of this come together and have that big of a lead on arguably the best team in the entire MLR was just super encouraging. So um, after the break, Austin comes storming back with an, uh, with eight man McCaffrey fooling the Jacks with a clever show and go with danger man Mooneyham as the decoy try time Austin. And all of a sudden it's a ball game conversion by Mason is good. 14 to 18, 48 minutes gone. And then almost, you know, not too long after that, a scrum penalty against the Jacks allows Mason to kick through the uprights and Austin are within one point after 53 minutes. Were you feeling a little nervous at that point, Bozo? Yeah, because I felt like Austin finally started to get their footing. Yeah. Uh, not, not typical of us. I think this is the first game where we've come out super flat in the second half. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, man. Shout out to our guy, Mills Saravini, I think it is yes. how he said it. But, yes. oh, man, dude got caught in no man's land off the back of that line out. He really had no option. It's your it's it, when you know when you're at rugby training, it's the literal classic two beat one. And the guy's just standing in the middle and he has no idea what to do. Yeah. Poor guy. I mean, there really was nothing to be done there. So that, that stunk. And then once they got within one there, I started to get a little worried. I'm like, man, I was like, our starters are in, but they seem a little bit cold, which it wasn't cold, you know, physically out yep. there. And I was like, they seem a little flat. And I was, I was kind of worried that we all the hard work had been undone and that we were going to get bumped off in the end i thought we were still playing good um that wasn't you know i, I there's no quit in the team that's yeah. for sure so yeah. i don't want to go that direction that's not no, what i'm saying what i'm saying is that the quality side that austin is started yeah. to really show up yeah. and show out and they were like hey you're at our house and we're not scrubs and we're not just going to go we're not just going to let you pile on the points and walk out of here so right. 
Yeah, it became a match. It was very entertaining and probably was awesome for the neutrals, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, and prior to the point that I'm about to get back to in the review, we did bring on our starters as finishers into the game. And as you're saying, they seemed a little cold to start off. I mean, they're not used to coming in as substitutes, so that might have had something to do with it. So at that point, you know, I'm sure some of us were feeling like, uh-oh, this gamble that we did might not pay off here. But here's the thing. Yeah. So wave after wave of a Jacks attack, eight minutes left in the game, in Austin territory, we finally are able to strike a crushing blow with third round draft pick, the only draft pick left on this year's roster uh, from last year's draft is Zach Bastras, who scores his first MLR try, and it's a nail in the coffin for the Jabronis. Conversion is good by Bodine Waka. The Jacks have an eight-point lead at this point, so that conversion was super crucial uh, to get within, you know, two, basically two uh, scores. Um, to it, And so basically that is, um, you know, deep in the heart of Texas, we get that. And it's looking good from there. And what happens next is very controversial in some people's eyes. I know I'm sure the, the fans at, at um, in Austin were, were furious at this, but 77 yep. minutes in, a line break from a very uh, round Mason Peterson happens. And I'm thinking, here we go again with this shit in terms of a garbage time try that gives our opponent a losing bonus point. Peterson offloads to Duvall. Uh, who at one point is being rowed by Ironman Mitch Wilson, crashes into the try zone. My first thought is that it was a held-up situation because it definitely looked like that as he was coming down uh, yep. to put the ball down. But then I thought maybe he didn't get the ball down in the try zone because it was a little confusing to see where he mm -hmm. was on the pitch and when he possibly dotted it down. But what I didn't consider at all was the TMO was looking at this to determine that Peterson was in an offside position when playing the ball to grab it from the ruck. So it's no try, huge call there. What were your thoughts on that call, Bozo? Yeah, so I was actually very, very happy as soon as they asked for a TMO review. I knew instantly because the week before, hey, this is a Free Jacks fan podcast. We'll keep it mostly Free Jacks. However, comma, Toronto Arrows versus DC, similar thing. I believe the TMO was Amelia Luciano. She's a local yes. local lady, doctoral candidate, or either that or an actual doctor, mm -hmm. something like that. Very awesome referee from the New England area. But she had called it back for the very same thing. Both feet must be behind the ball before you pick it or else you are, quote unquote, in the ruck. The controversy on this call in particular was a ruck formed? I'm not so sure that it was. We might have gotten a little lucky on that one. However, clear his foot is clearly in front, and that's what they were looking for initially. Right. So fortunately for us, they went that direction instead of like saying, hey, is a ruck formed? Either way, it, it's a no try. You can call it a garbage rule. Not mm -hmm. to use my own lingo there, but like you can call it a garbage rule. I get, listen, it's a garbage rule. If it goes against you, it's an awesome rule if it goes for you. Right. So right. we're not going to complain about it, but these are the things in rugby. They change the laws. They change them for a reason. Um, so you've, these are, these are pro players. They're getting paid. This ain't the club scene. So you just got to be better than that. You're a professional. You're right. That's a definition of a professional is someone who gets paid to do whatever they're doing. That's right. So you need to know those things. And he didn't. And maybe if he had taken the time to bring his foot back and then pick up the ball, he doesn't get the crazy break because right. I think it was Josh Larson, like just kind of staring at him. Like, what are you doing? Bud? <laughs> As he runs by, like, right. 
(laughs) So either way, uh, that was my feelings on that, but I kind of knew that I had a feeling that one was coming back. And then as soon as I saw the TMO, I'm like, there's no way they can give it. His foot's clearly in front. Yeah. It's a great point that you're making here is, I mean, he wouldn't have had that space if it was a legal call because he's taking the ball when, you know, he shouldn't have been in an offsize position um, to take off running. The reason for that is the whole, existed because people didn't think that the you know the situation was legal to do anyway so yeah right. it's interesting exactly yeah so um you know ultimately even if they had gotten the points they were still down you know between three and one or whatever um so it was a garbage time situation um ultimately they did try to attack further on in, in like 80 minutes uh, dead time there and they weren't able to successfully get it over um and i think the, the basically um it ended on a penalty against them so the, the game was over at that point so yes. yeah i mean a good a good positive result for our free jacks i mean i was over the moon with this result to be honest with you i don't want to make it just seem so ho-hum like oh we won again like this is a big statement throughout the entire league, the free Jacks can start their bench players or some of these guys are kind of, if you look at them, you're like, they're more like third string um, and then bring in our starters and win games on the road against really, really high level of competition. So I think it's a championship type of performance that you put in there uh, down there in Austin. What were your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah. Couldn't be more proud of the shift that all the players like one through 23 um, put in. You know, this is, again, this is one of those things you always got to feel good when you beat a quality team, regardless of their their relative strength of schedule. And I only say that because we've talked about this in previous segments, like you got the beasts in the East, right? And no one really respects DC. You know, NOLA can be scrappy. Toronto can be scrappy, but they're always on the outside looking in. Everyone already knows halfway through the season, it's rugby ATL, Hoboken semifinalists and the New England Free Jacks, you know out east and in the west it, 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 there's a lot more i mean we could call it parody but it's not really it's dominated by austin so we beat the best of the west yes at their sure. house handed them their first ever home loss for the jabronis so they're jabronis once again yes. so i mean when you beat a good team how else can you you can't feel anything else other than that feels like great it was a great away win and it means more because it was away it really does if we yeah. had beat them at quincy out you know Hey, I still would have been really happy, but I would be like, man, can you imagine if we beat him in Austin? Yeah. Good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope the boys more. stuck around for those fireworks too. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to dazzle them after they've dazzled the crowd and, and put them into yeah. a, a stupor there. Um, yeah. So let's talk about musket size pants scent for the folks that may not be aware. This is just a player that I admire on the other team, essentially. So for me, it was Marco Keith as a speedy Irish born veteran of this league, having played two seasons with New Jersey before heading down to Atlanta and most recently being acquired by Austin. Despite Connor Mooneyham being the USA rugby star in that back line, um, O'Keefe really looked the most dangerous throughout the entire night. And I was surprised he was actually subbed off towards the end of the game. Great player. And he's Irish, which the Jacks don't have enough of on this roster currently to tap into that Irish heritage type of thing. So I'd love to see him on the free Jacks. You know, don't think that that's something that's realistic or anything like that. I don't have any insider information. that This guy's going to be a free Jack at some point. I'm just saying like, it would be great if he was, but um, I'll go on with your MVP. Who do you think is, who, who is it? I mean, I think, you know, Phil. Oh yes, it's my guy, Larue Milan. Setting it, hey, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an unsung heroes guy in football. I like the offensive lineman. Yep. you know, 
you might not know who played center for Tom Brady out all the, all those years, but Tom knows. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes those guys. And so anybody that can set the conditions for everybody else to run wild and just have a good time and then is really solid defensively. I mean, and he he really stuck out though in this one. He really performed above above his normal level. He lifted mm-hmm. his game in this one and he went after him. And I'm pretty sure he put in the full 80. Um, I don't I don't I, I can't recall one that. way or the other on that, but um yeah, he's, but yeah, he's a warrior, man. And Credit to him. He's he's my MVP without, without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, that's interesting because it is a clean sweep for MVP once again this week because the broadcast got it right in their assessment of man of the match this game once again this week. Uh, LaRue Milan has been a spark in our back line and has really settled into that jersey. Um, he, along with Slade McDowell, have been huge assets to this team coming into the uh, in as new transactions this season. It seems like every time he touched the ball, he was making something happen. He definitely, you know, if you, we don't really count assists in rugby, but I mean, he was assisting on uh, the Bellincana try and he was in the mix for pretty much all of them, it seemed. Uh, this week's MVP for me is the Numibian newbie, is what I called him lately, uh, is the <laughs> LaRue, LaRue Milan. Fantastic player. I'm so glad he's a free Jack and uh, yeah, he deserves it. Um, you know, a couple weeks back in the the game where we lost to, uh, to LA, I kind of picked him as just like, okay, we'll just give this to him because it's a losing effort. And, you know, he deserved it because I felt like he's established himself in that position, but now he truly deserves his MVP award for this week because he was just absolutely pivotal in our win. He absolutely helped us win that game. So I'm happy to give it to him. Yeah, I just have some burning questions. So I've never met another person, and I haven't met him, uh, but I've never seen a person with like a first name like that, LaRue. Like, what do they call him, Rue? Like, what, what's his nickname? I got some burning questions for, for my guy. Yeah, my, little... my highest highest point scorer pick. Still, hey, we still got eight games or something like that. We, it yeah. could happen, I guess, but. We, maybe we can get him on the show and ask him uh, the origin of that because it is a little confusing. I mean, uh, he's Namibian. It sounds French. We'll have to get him on the show to figure that out. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, congratulations, LaRue Milan. You don't win anything, unfortunately, but uh, our invisible non-existent trophy is being handed <laughs> off to you at this point. So enjoy that. <laughs> Transferring it over. You yep. have it now. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right so that is nice, going to wrap man. up this segment which has been of course the austin review we'll be back with you here momentarily for the atlanta preview so don't go anywhere guys don't turn off don't pause the podcast or anything but we will be back for that and i've got one word to say here for chris and i in three two one huzzah huzzah Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. This is the Atlanta preview. I got my boy Bozo6, Chris Lind with us. Of course, Dave, uh, absent due to illness. Uh, Bozo, how the heck are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here for the preview. Let's get it, dude. Let's get into it right now. So Atlanta, I've said before, and I'm sure I'll say it again at some point, we all have kind of hoped that uh, they would have, since they had a late departure of their head coach, Scott Lawrence, from this Atlanta squad, um, this would really have them into a nosedive situation is what we had hoped for. 
But unfortunately, Atlanta is back to their winning ways with new ownership from Global Rugby Ventures, whose main investor is also the main investor in the Free Jacks, which kind of makes Atlanta our second cousins to the Jacks or whatever. I haven't looked into it that much on Ancestry.com. But regardless of that, Atlanta is a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference, currently the beast of the East with 25 points, five wins, one loss, a point differential of 69, nice, uh, 24 <laughs> tries for and only 15 tries against. This team, once again, is back to their winning ways, as I was saying. Um, it, again, one of those teams that is so annoying that they're so good, unfortunately. And it seems like, mm. you know, they were kind of embracing that Rattler mascot for a while. It used to be a part of their logo uh, for what seems like the past six months, six months. But now with the new ownership, it's vanished. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, what's your take mm. on Atlanta? Yeah, um, first of all. Nice with the point differential. Well done. You got to give credit where credit's due. You cannot, no matter how much you dislike another person or team, you can never take away credit. If they mm -hmm. deserve it, you got to give it. It's it's sure. like the honor code or something. Um, my take on Atlanta, man, is they're a good club. Are they the beast of the East, though? I'm not so sure. Uh, um, currently, uh, yes. Just if well, we're calling the beast are. of the East, you know, the top team in the East, then yes, technically. But I understand what you're saying. I mean, anybody sure, can make an argument for yeah <laughs> anybody <laughs> can make an argument that we are the beast of the east but right mm. now based on who is in number one spot they are currently but go ahead sorry yeah well no all good i mean my thing is you know are they the beast of the east we'll find out when they play the free jacks we've already seen them against hoboken but mm -hmm. um you know as you've alluded to in the austin review mm. we talked about how you know, we've still got them on the schedule a couple of times uh, or one time after this, at least. Right. Or maybe two. And then, right. and then, you know, they have to play New York again. And listen, I think at the top of the East, I think it's very clear at the halfway point that it's how we do against each other. And by each other, I mean us Hoboken yeah. and Atlanta, that's going to determine the one, two, three. Um, that's yep. just, I think that's a good, I think it's a safe pick right now. We'll yeah. see. I think Nola and Toronto might be able to make some noise late, maybe play spoiler for one of those three clubs. Probably not us. Hopefully not us. But, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're a good club, man. They, they play good rugby. Um, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough. I agree. And it is kind of a three horse race at this point for first place. But as you know, I was looking down at my shirt to see if I worn the shirt this time. But unfortunately, I'm wearing the Jacks by 90 shirt and not the get your ass in the playoffs shirt. And what I mean by <laughs> get your ass in the playoffs is I don't care if it's first or third. It just make your way into the playoffs. And we're um, solidly in that uh, those uh, top three at the moment. So I in general, I am happy, but it would be so nice if we beat the other two teams that were competing for that number one spot, we've already beat Hoboken RFC semifinalist, Dirt Peckers, Sopranos, whatever. Um, and now we have to beat Atlanta. Uh, so that's what the task that is in front of us at this point. It is not a hellacious travel day for the Free Jacks. I mean, I've made no. that trip uh, to Atlanta a couple times from the Northeast. It's not that bad. It's literally like a an Adam Sandler movie and you're there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's an hour and a half <laughs> to two hours. I stole that from nice. Louis CK, but you know what, but ultimately, well um, you know, it, it's, it's a situation where it's not that hellish of a, of a travel um, East, East coast trip. Right. So you're, you're, you know, it's not too far away at all. So travel is, is going to be a little bit of a factor, but not as much as you would expect going from East to West or West to East, whatever. Um, 
yeah, this is a game that I'm really excited and wondering what happens because I don't know exactly what happens. When we play DC, I can assume the result, right? Easily, easily, yes. because we're so much better than them. And the standings show that and our form shows that. And when we played them previously, it showed that as well. But ultimately, this is a situation where, you know, it's a big question mark in my mind about how, what, which version of the Free Jacks are going to show up. I believe that our waveform has been so good this year that that our previous waveform last year is such a distant memory in my mind, but it's not that far away where I can kind of second guess myself and, and easily fall back into that situation where like, Oh no, are we going to all of a sudden turn into a pumpkin and, and play poorly away um, against a, an Atlanta team? That's very good. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens for sure. I think it's very, you know, we talked about this in previous episodes. I think that um, it's very fair to say that I would not listen. I'm going to back the free Jacks hundred mm-hmm. percent, but I, I, it wouldn't shock me if we split the difference with them. Yep. You know, it's just there. That's what happens when good teams play. If yep. you take two good teams and they play 10 times, you know, Hey, maybe they win seven and we win three or six and four the other way, or we win seven, they win three, but they're always to have that chance, you know, a very, and a very good chance of, of beating you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I, it, you know, anybody that says you know, free Jack's guaranteed going to beat Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. This is a very, very good team. Um, yep. Yeah. They're just going to be a tough, tough test. And, and we got them on the road, but luckily I will say as, you know, um, a recent part-time resident of the state of Georgia, I wouldn't mind playing them in a, in March away is probably better than playing them later in the season away. Absolutely. Um, Cause we could most certainly have, have got them this late in March up here in Quincy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that favors us because that yes. heat, you know, the heat and the humidity, um, against you know hey we got international players and then and then you acclimate because your, your body has physically been in a new place for a while i hate to stress that i mean i don't know that how much of a real factor that is mm-hmm. but i'm just telling you as someone who's gotten off the plane you know in hotlanta and then rode out there to fort benning being a new england boy and i'm coming from like 80 degrees now all of a sudden i'm in 90 with 110 humidity mm-hmm. you know dude i went out to run five miles and i was like man this sucks i can't do it so it's like it has a factor and they're acclimated to it but it's going to be more up our alley this time of year so i like that for us might be a little wet though but we don't care we just play in the snow yeah who cares no big deal (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um yeah i I mean ultimately it's going to be a good game this is one of those games again where neutrals that are going to be watching this are going to be in for a treat, just like the previous game and the game against that we played against LA. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm confident in the team. And by the way, you know, with Scott Matthew playing a bit of chess here, you assume that all of the starters that either didn't play at all that were left behind in new England, or the guys that came on as finishers that normally would be starting are going to have, you know, there's a guarantee that they will be starting and they should be in better condition than they would be if they had just started uh, the game in Austin and played the entire game. So that yeah. strategy comes into play now where our team might be a little bit more refreshed um, and re-energized um, almost like it was a, as if it was a bye week but obviously it wasn't. And this is another thing that I just thought about that we haven't discussed yet is we played on Sunday, had to travel back on Monday, um, mm-hmm. or maybe they – they yeah. probably got out of there Sunday night, I would imagine. Yes, okay. So I would they hope. Get, 
they, they travel back right so today is monday that we're recording this yeah. they have to play on saturday so yeah. they're losing a day of preparation or rest or whatever you want to call it um yeah and, that, and atlanta's coming off a bye week unbelievable interesting yep so that's that's no, they're actually not they they play dc but it might as well have been a bye week <laughs> you know oh no i hate yep. to throw that oh, in there no. sorry dc i've been waiting to dunk on you Jeez. so i'm dunking on you right there <laughs> punching down this 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 show is famous Oof. for punching down apparently lately uh so yeah that's just another one a feather in our cap there digging yeah. a hole further for dc to, to fall into um <laughs> yeah I, it, it's a good time man ultimately you know being able to watch these games and have our team competitive in each one of them has been a real treat i don't think we're going to be deviating or deviating from that at all this time around against atlanta even though this is a very good team i don't yeah oh i think your mic just fell out yeah i got you so I'll cover down, but the one, the one thing I'll say about um, this match is as much as we've got to be worried about them, they've got to be worried about us um, 100%. So, you know, but I, I can't, I can't see any team. I mean, you're always going to be confident and back yourself. Like you want to win for sure, but you know, they've got to be just about as worried about us as we got to be about them. So that's what makes this encounter. What you were talking about for the, for the neutrals, this one, this one's, this one really could i think this week is who is the best team in mlr yeah and that that's what this kind of matches or at least at the halfway point because it's interesting right because it's round eight halfway through the season yep at the halfway mark this is like the halfway mark championship it's not an official thing it doesn't really matter um and it honestly doesn't like if we lost to atlanta i wouldn't be surprised but I wouldn't be down on it at all because we still got to get them at home. It yep. depends on how we lose though. I don't, yes. but I don't see either team blowing out the other team. I That's really what I'm don't. saying. Yeah. I don't see this being a blowout one way or the other. I think it will be a close game. And if we lose in Atlanta in a close one in a squeaker, if you will, and there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of because this is a very good team. You're playing them away. You're going to get them at home as you're saying later on in the season. So, you know, I'm expecting a win because listen, you know, this is, championship city here you know you, you want to expect yeah. a win and and what they have shown this team especially their away form is so good that we should expect to be in games and win these games there's no reason to remember old times of previous years of this free jack team that doesn't exist anymore because we are a highly evolved creature here under um scott matthew's leadership and all of these great players that we have and all the depth that we have on this team so with that being said let's move into key to the game and i'll let you go first so key to the game, and I was. It's going to be an excellent segue for me. This is the only way I see this one getting out of hand, and the Free Jacks maybe going down and losing big, um, is if we don't get control of the lineout. Mm. We've got to be, we've got to solidify. We've got to shore that up. It is one hundred percent Atlanta's strengths. They're very good at lineout time. Hey, they're on their bye week against DC. <laughs> they dominated at lineout time. Um, you know, DC has all their troubles. We're not here to analyze them, but if you're playing, you know, a lesser opponent, you're expected to dominate and they dominated and they looked scary at lineout time. We can't have the miscues that we had against Austin because I think the other thing too, is there's a highly, um, I don't know, maybe this is just my own personal bias, but I've always viewed South African rugby as clinical. And they've got that whole kind of like life university, South African kind of 
vibe yep. going down there. They, oh, they're yeah. very clinical as well. Um, so if we don't get it right and we start giving away lineouts that we should do, just simple stuff that we should, should easily win. Um, I think that's, that's our danger area. That's where we can get into trouble because everything's about how, how the score line evolves through the game, right? If you go down 21 points or 14 points, you're going to start maybe taking risks. Maybe that's that triggers that individual player's personality to flick that pass, but maybe he wouldn't have if they were up by up right. by seven, but now they're down by 14. So mm-hmm. it can, you know, set pieces are a very dangerous part of the game um, because it's the closest thing you have, like in comparability, I guess that's not, I don't even know if that's a word, but um, to, to <laughs> we're inventing words here. Get, like, yeah. Well, where you get like a set play because you know where everyone's going to be right in general or generally like, and so they're very good. And so my key to the game, 100% is just, I, I don't care if we really disrupt their line out so much. Um, I, I don't, I don't view it as we need to be disruptive. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to defend their mall and shore up our own line out wins. And I think we'll be okay. Cause I think we're better than them in space and with the ball in hand. So it's going to be that kind of, um, time age old struggle in rugby, right? Like they control the set piece, but we control the open play. Um, usually in, in my opinion, those always go to the set piece team mm-hmm. because, but we'll see, we just got to shore up our own stuff and I think we'll be all right. You know, this is eerily similar to what Dave um, had as, as his key to the game last week, which was con- um, take advantage of the set piece in Austin's 22. I'm paraphrasing here terribly, but, um, you know, basically with you saying control the line out, um, that's something that we haven't done noticeably in uh, the uh, Austin game. And then, you know, with Hoboken and also Toronto, we had missed opportunities for a line out mall try combination that was not to be. And I think that we're up to five at this point of those missed opportunities. So that has to be corrected. You have to control the line out, you know, win the set pieces, and, and I really appreciate your um, key to the game this week because um, I'm not going in that direction, but mine is just more of a general philosophy here and it's grind it out and win anyway. So really, you know, just a space in between there, grind it out. So just obviously, you know, stay with them. Uh, don't let them get ahead with a big lead because I don't think you can climb your way back into that situation. So stay with them neck and neck and then win anyway is essentially just, if something you know unforeseen happens in the game, like maybe we lose a starter, God forbid, uh, goes down to injury, the next it's the next man up mentality. It there's no excuses. You know this is a championship level team. It's a playoff level team for sure. So there's no reason for us to you know down ourselves. And if something happens in the game that we're not anticipating, you just got to make up for it and win anyway, regardless of the situation. Whatever happens, find your way. Find a way to win the game regardless of the circumstances so that is my key to the game appreciate i love that man i'm gonna i'm gonna come over the top you loving my key to the game i'm gonna come over the top and i love your key to the game appreciate that a lot of time in the sport man in sport as well as in life your attitude right determines how you deal with the circumstances Mm -hmm. in in the army we always have we have a saying that um the enemy always has his day and he Mm -hmm. always has his say and it's what you do on that day when he has his say that will make the difference in the battle, right? They're going to score a try. You know what? Shocker. Right. You know, spoiler alert. Right. Atlanta's going to score on us. They're a good team. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to 
probably score a couple, two, three times, but it's what we do. And after that, do yep. we stay with it? Do we play the mm -hmm. full 80? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No time off next man up. I'm yep. chopping them down. Slade McDowell. I'm ripping that ball away. Mm -hmm. Cam Davidowitz. You know what I'm saying? Whoever yep. it is, I'm slicing through the defense, Bodine Walker, a Dougie Fife, whatever it is, we got to find the way because ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. I, oh, I really yeah. do. I think, and it, it's not just in this game, it's going to be in the next time we play them. And probably when we play them in the playoffs, it's going to come down to a couple of moments. I would not be shocked. I would not be surprised if we're on some sort of, you know, after we win the shield and we're in some season review and we're talking about, Hey, what are your key moments of the season? You know, we're going to be talking about Atlanta. I agree. Sure. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, and with that being said, let's move over to your prediction before we get out of here. What you got? Yeah, this one's going to be really close. Um, I think I had kind of gone over it in my other segment. <laughs> I made a bold, oh, yeah. bold uh, very exact sequence. But I, I think it's going to be like that, man. I think it's going to be – I really do. I think it's going to come down to a moment. Um, but, you know, they were really loose in defense against Hoboken. Um, and I think we're a better attacking side than the semifinalists. So. Mm -hmm. I'm going to probably go free Jacks 30 foe. Whoa. Atlanta 31. Wow. Okay. Not it up. We're not it up, but we get the final say and uh, they give away a penalty. It'll be probably something easy. Stupid. We'll be knocking on the door of the try zone and they do something stupid. We get a penalty and we just kick it through the uprights and we uh, head back to Quincy. Love that. Um, our our point and differential is the same, but I just like last week, I'm not predicting either team to score more than 30 points. So mine is a little bit more conservative than yours. I've got Atlanta 21, New England 24. Okay. Um, I like that. I like appreciate that. that. And here's my um, wishful thinking, if you will, for the outcome of this game. Tie ball game. Um, we're in the dead time. We're phasing it in or phasing it out. Just keep on phasing, keep on grinding away. We're into their 22, and Waka calls it, and it's a drop goal to win the oh, game. Oh, get out of here. Drop goal? <laughs> I said Does it last Does he do it off week. the left boot, Phil? Does he do sure. it off the left boot? Does he go Wilco? I know Wilco's <laughs> a lefty anyway, but I'm just saying. But he's not. He is a righty. So it's like, does he go left boot? Yeah, why not? And he calls Hell a yeah. shot. He calls a shot prior to it. Yeah, man. I, you know, I'm just trying to have fun here. But you know, ultimately, I think that would be amazing. I, I think, I, I think I would just completely lose my shit and just jump out the window if he was to hit a, a drop goal. Um, I'm on the first floor, by the way, so don't be too concerned about my safety. But I think it would be fantastic uh, if that was to take place. So I thought you were going to say something crazy like the score is 66. 66 and walk hits a drop goal for 60. <laughs> nice. No, uh, that's not it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that I think that that would be a dream scenario, right? Regardless of whatever oh, yeah. happens, you know, a three point victory, get it however you can win anyway. Just get it done, Free Jacks. You know, we believe in you. Uh, you you've shown us that you are capable of, of winning a game like this against a very good opponent. And uh, yeah, super excited for the game, regardless. And uh, I'm not worried. We'll see him again. Yeah, we'll that's probably the thing. See him again and then maybe again. Yep. We'll see him a lot. Yeah, we sure will. So on that note, I've got one word for everybody in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo.
All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. We love when you guys like and comment on our posts and our graphics and our videos. Continue to do that. We would greatly appreciate it. And once again, we are on Apple Podcasts finally. So if you can give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, we would greatly appreciate that. Really enjoyed this week's episode. We will see you back here next week once again. But before we get you out of here, I did want to go over today in American Revolutionary War history. In 1778, Benjamin Franklin presented himself to the King of France as official representatives of the United States. All right, go Free Jacks. Beat Atlanta. Saddle up. Let's ride. Huzzah. Woo!